0: This episode is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, Emma's Tea Spot. I've said it before, it's no secret. I prefer coffee over tea. But here's one thing you might not know. I'm an Anglophile. So obviously, I've been to that quaint shop in a Hamilton neighborhood in northeast Baltimore, Emma's Tea Spot. Go for a lovely date like I did or enjoy a charming tea party with your friends. Emma's Spot is the spot to get away from your troubles and put the kettle on and have a chat. Like British goods, but don't want to go across the pond? Emma's got imported goods like their brick boxes filled with candies, tea, and even crockery. These boxes can be customized for any occasion. Check out Emma's for the proper British experience. Welcome to Getting to the Truth in this Art. I am your host, Rob Lee, and today's guest is a filmmaker whose work aligns with the mission of this very podcast. We have Miles Michelin. Welcome to the podcast. How you doing? How you doing? So I always come in with the energy and I, I use that as, I use that as dipping your toe in the water, right? Like if someone's yeah. just like, eh, it's like, all right, I'm not gonna get much out of you. And someone's so was like, all right, what's, what's this guy's energy about? But if someone's on the same page, I know it's going to be fire. And I think, yeah. I think we're going to get some fire out of this. So okay. right. I, I buried the lead a little bit. Um, for those who, who are uninitiated, um, your young filmmaker, and your work is around um, just just what we do here, basically showing Baltimore. And so, so I'm going to let you describe it, get into it, describe what your work is about and the reasoning and the thinking going into like starting your work and a little bit about your process.
1: Okay. So I started off in filmmaking with, let me see. Okay. So 11th grade, I did an internship at city schools. So that's where I got into like videography and like that's where I got into camera work. I mean, my family was always, always big uh, photographers. Mm-hmm. Like they always did a lot of photos. Um, my dad, my grandfather, and both my grandparents were really great photographers. Uh, they did a lot of nature photography. And my mom is also a great photographer as well. Um, so, <clears throat> so, cameras always. Was around. I was always around cameras um, growing up, and I thought about video because I was. I mean, photos, yes, it tells a story and it's a picture, but like I wanted more. Like there's more to this. So um, I started off at an internship in eleventh grade with City Schools in their media department um, with a guy named Jim Jobian, who I still work with, who I've worked with for. I don't know, as long as I've been doing this. So he kind of put me onto um, interviews and, uh, like just camera stuff and tripods and all this crazy stuff. So when I saw that, I was like, yeah, this is what I want to do. This is like, I'm, I'm liking this, like, this is it. Yeah. So,
0: so, so yeah. you got, you got dipped into it and it was like, Let's let's see what we got here. You know, you, you're you're learning something. You're like, oh, this is definitely of interest. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, this is it. So so in terms of um like that that process, right? So in, in nice. very simple ways, because we don't want to give away the secret sauce. But um, oh, yeah, what's that process like? Like, how do you go about like? Uh, well, one what is your what is your work ultimately it's a it's a video series from what I saw so describe that to the folks and how does that process look like in determining who you're going to maybe speak with or what areas you're going to film and things like that
1: okay so it all depends on the there's always an idea there's always an idea behind every film that we do um so whether it be based on like every film is based on something or a, a a topic. Um so it could be art, it could be um the east side of Baltimore, the west side of Baltimore, and we just explore everything that's going on within that topic. Mm-hmm. And then so we find the people, we find the places, the um even the music and everything. It comes down to what it comes down to um just everything that is based around the topic. So So, that makes sense.
0: Yeah, it does. Um, So it appears that like a lot of your work is kind of really hitting on kind of what I touched on earlier, like we're for Baltimore, about Baltimore in this podcast and a lot of your work kind of aligns with what, what we're doing here. And I think it shows it more holistically, not just one side of it, as you, you touched on, you integrate the music, you show the scenery, you show the people, and you're a filmmaker that's from here, what have you. So having all of those things kind of go together, it's represent- representation, in my opinion, in a, in a true sense, where you, you, you have a lot of times where people who aren't necessarily invested in here or aren't from here, they have a certain part of Baltimore they want to show, and they have a certain vantage point. They're not attached to it in that same way that someone like yourself or myself might be. So right. w- why and, and 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 I think I know the answer, but why and when did you really get interested in, in showing Baltimore?
1: Um in showing Baltimore, um hmm. That's a good question. Um so when it I mean like I said, I mean I've lived here all my life so almost 21 years now um i mean i figured out that like i've gone through a lot of stuff negatively in the city yeah. like there's been a lot of negative um a lot of negative aspects of my life have been because of the city and i'm like well there's got to be some type of positive in the city yeah. like this can't be just a whole bunch of negative 24/7 and everybody who you know who's from out of state i have a lot of family out of state then and, you know, they're like, oh, you live in Baltimore, be safe, you know, all the regular whatever stuff. And I'm like, it's not really always like that, though. Like, you got to kind of come here and be here for a minute to really see. And you got to look for it. You got to look for the positive. And I feel like that's what I did. I feel like I tried to look for the positive um, in the city. And so that's kind of where all of the uh a lot of the stuff stems from is just trying to give a better, bring a better light to the city, which, yeah. you know, it's, yeah. So
0: like I said, that's, that's what I'm trying to do. And I think, um, you know, the work that you're doing with, and I'm going to get this, I'm going to say this it's hilarious <laughs> because mm-hmm. we're on camera right now is yeah. the work that you're doing with light skin films is, <laughs> is definitely showing the lighter parts of, of Baltimore. Yeah. See, I didn't even think of that. So the only reason I was
1: actually thinking about changing the name of that um, recently because my dad, he um, he did think of a a good point. He brought up a good point, which was, you know, he thought of it as when when he first heard of it, he was thought he was thinking of it as lighter skin people are better and yeah. stuff like that. But no, it's actually the complete opposite. I focus on. I don't really focus on. Um, I try to focus on people of color yeah. um, in my work and um, the light skin films. The only reason why I made it was because two reasons. Well, I already had a logo a friend of mine. Um, her name is Paula and she made a logo for me when I first started this because yeah. I needed a logo. I don't know. She did it for free because we're pretty cool friends, uh, friends with my mom. So yeah, um, I did so I got the logo and I kind of was just like, well, I gotta call it this now because I have a logo, so it's official. Yeah. Um, and then the other reason was because it was a nickname that I got because I was a lighter complexion than everybody else in my peer group. So that's kind of how that came about. Yeah. I mean So no. it really has nothing. So it really has nothing to do with like um, oh, I'm a lighter person, so I'm better than you. No, nothing
0: i do that i mean uh i would call this like medium brown audio but i don't think it has a ring to it it's too many words too many syllables maybe i'm not quite sure um so as, as a filmmaker, right, um, mm-hmm. they, I, I think that there are skills that are associated with all creatives that, you know, they, they kind of go across the board. Right. But right. For, for you, what what skills and they may not necessarily be technical skills. And we're kind of thinking outside mm-hmm. of the technical space. What skills okay. do you rely on most as a filmmaker? <laughs> uh, uh,
1: the biggest one is being able to talk to people, because I feel like a lot of people, especially nowadays, a lot of people don't know how to talk people just and treat them as people because i feel like that's that's the biggest thing when it comes to because especially when it comes to interviews a lot of people aren't really there are some people and as you probably know there are some people that you know aren't really um keen on trying to do interviews because it's like what's more like a especially with the people that um i guess have gravitated towards my work they're all like a lot of them have been in and out of the uh judicial system basically their whole life so trying to do an interview it's like why are you asking me all these questions you know yeah so it's like which i get it i totally understand it so um i mean yeah i think it's just i kind of just like lost my train of thought here for a minute um
0: it's like speaking on connections with people like being able to be relatable and to have a dialogue with someone because you know, uh, you touched on it that I can relate, and, and and maybe this is the way that you look at it. I don't know. Um, I think having crossover appeal because you said that the focus is on you know people of color, what have you, and the, a lot of the work that you're doing. But I think like mine's it's baked in because I'm a person of color, right? You're a person of color, but it's also I think I'm not only doing that, which gives me that crossover appeal with the the common thread being are you from Baltimore and are you about Baltimore and be able to have a conversation that's about some weird shit and being able to have, have a conversation that's about some real shit. And right. it could be a little bit of both for all. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Uh. So yeah, that's, that's, that's what I kind of, kind of look at it. I think being able to have that, that crossover ability, because you're right. You're, you had to be able to, I think, read a room or read a person. It's like, you know, you you rocking with this, or how how far can this conversation go? And where does this conversation go? Because I, I find um, and and I don't know if you're in this in the same kind of spot or what have you, maybe you can express some of the things that you've seen, maybe one or two examples that, that you've encountered. Um I, I'll say, like some of the people that I've interviewed. So for context, like I've been doing this for you know more than a decade, doing a podcast thing for more than a decade, and only up until the last couple of years doing interviews. So a lot of it was me and my circle of friends. We all know each other. We know our, you know, all our quirks and all of that different stuff. But in ultimately doing a, a, a podcast like this and kind of not knowing the people for the most part, and then sometimes it's like, oh, we are now friends or, oh, this person now hates me or that hasn't happened. But, you know, it's kind of that you, you're yeah. able to try to get a lot. And I've learned from these things and going through it of what works and what doesn't work and sometimes taking in feedback. Um, I've, I've had guests that'll say, yeah, you know, it'd be great if I could see your face to kind of get an idea of, am I rattling on too long or am I boring or whatever? And I, I've also heard people are shy. So two of the things that I tried to integrate in there is having a green screen or a blurry background and, um, but having the the visual, and also trying to talk with the people a little bit, you know, the, you know, they're more, they're people, you know, they're not subjects, they're not content, they're people. So being able to have a real conversation or the semblance of a real conversation and make them more comfortable and you're able to get better, a better conversation out of it, a more open conversation. So sure. for for you, What challenges have you encountered? You touched on earlier, some people aren't the most comfortable in in terms of being on camera doing these interviews. But what are some of the challenges that you faced, like, you know, in doing this project or doing these these various projects? And what have you learned from it that's made you a better one? Because I get the sense that. You're not a person that's going to keep doing the same thing that's like, oh, that didn't work. Let me try it again. I think you're going to kind of learn from it. So what if, what if it was a challenge that comes to mind? And what did you learn from it to um, kind of improve?
1: Um, Two things. One, not everybody's going to like your work. I had to figure that out real quick, real quick, because there were some, you know, there are some people that. You know, not everybody's going to like what you do. You can do anything in the world. You can literally become the president of the United States. <laughs> you can do literally anything. And somebody will, there's always somebody that's going to be like, eh, you should have did this instead. Or I eh, should have did this instead. But you know what? If you like what you do and if you enjoy what you do, and if it's working for you, do it. Who cares? So that's one. And two, I learned also really quickly to be professional at all times hmm. and to try to be, because, because at the end of the day, you're, um, you're representing yourself and you have to represent yourself in a way that's like, you know, when they hear the name, Miles Michelin, they don't hear, Oh, that guy. (laughs) 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 You know mm -hmm. know what I mean? (laughs) So you gotta, you gotta figure out like, you know, you always gotta be professional and don't really take it to heart. Like criticism is always going to be there, you know, that other side. Not everybody's gonna like what you do, so you know, just keep doing it. Yeah. If it's what you do, and if it's if the majority of you know, if everybody else is like, yes, do this, or even if like you know that you know, yes, keep doing this, do it yeah. because it's, it's gonna pay off in some point. And there's always gonna be throughout the whole career. Doesn't matter what you're doing. There's always gonna be somebody that's gonna be like, eh, that shit phony. But you know. <laughs> Yeah, for real though. Like that shit phony. Like I've I've heard of a bunch of people. Like there's been a there been a person I'm not gonna name any names, but there's been somebody who hit me up for an interview mm-hmm. um and then I showed him my work and he was like and that shit phony, I'm not trying to do that. I'm like, Okay, cool. Have a nice day. Yeah. And just keep moving. But you know, you don't, you don't sit on it and like, Oh, he said my stuff, is phone. Did uh, you know what? Who are, them?
0: Who are they? They're, you got to really have, not- you got to have resilience, right? You got to have that thing yes. where like, if you're, if you're going through the process and I and I would imagine it's very similar to what I do. Um, I have more calcified tissue. You're, you're, you're a baby in this game, uh, you know, <laughs> but, but mm-hmm. you, but you, but yeah. you, 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 but you're going to be a young legend. Um, whereas you. with me, like I said, I've been, doing this thing for a while, but kind of nascent in doing it with other people. And there's a risk when you're reaching out to other people with something that it's like, I do this, this is valuable to me. It may not mean anything to you, you know, or whoever the audience is, but this is valuable to me. So I'm going to have a vested interest in it and, you know, not getting too sensitive or caught up in it. And, you know, it's a lot of weird shit that goes down in DMS. It's a lot of weird responses and weird requests and, I'm like, yo, I don't want to do that. I just want to get this interview or just different hoops like for for Baltimore to be as small as it is and get this notion that there's nothing really popping here. I run into a lot of people who have three or four levels of gatekeepers that I have to get through to get a 30 minute, 40 minute interview. And I'm like, yo, I got the questions. Here's the questions. Can, can we get these approved? And it's not live.
1: <laughs> I'm not doing I know, I'm not doing that that's a, that's one thing. It's like, no, like, I'm not going to go through six, seven different people to go to one person because that, that means that, you know what, you feel like you're better than everybody else. Mm-hmm. I think in a way, and you're like, you don't have, like, you don't have the respect for me to come to me as a person, just a one-on-one you have to have me go through X, Y, and Z person to go. No, I'm not doing that. there's been, and like I said, I'm not going to name any names. There's only been really one person. I'm one or two people that have been like that. And I'm yeah. like, all right, you know what you do, you, you know, I still hope that you, you know, maybe one day we could try this again yeah. later in, later down in my career. um, Or yours, you know, but for right now, uh, hey. I'm still going to support your music. Like yeah. I'm still going to listen to your music. It's not like, you know, Oh, now, now I think your music is trash, and oh, you know, fuck you, whatever. But it's
0: phony. (laughs) uh, Yeah,
1: it's phony, but you know, it's just not phony. But like, you know, yeah, it's like, mm -mm, like your profession, like your attitude. Yeah, your attitude is phony as fuck. But your what you do is not phony.
0: That that's the thing that I've run into, and this is not a bitch session or anything along those lines, but it's a real thing where, you know. I, I don't hold the grudges and I always like I'm down to work and talk with whoever. And it's like, I definitely have a focus on, you know, people that look like you and me emerging artists, people that, you know, that they kind of see what it, what it's for. And the thing that always gets me is I have started to make a shift as to some of the guests that I may work with. And it's like, all right, how active are you? Are you following? Are you a listener? Do you know what I'm trying to achieve here? And, you know, and, and it's, it's community, you know, and that's the thing that gets lost. Like, some some business owners that I've had on in earlier episodes, you know, once once the episode goes up, you know, they they don't they don't know I exist. They don't even support the episode. They don't tell people to listen, check it out, anything. And it's like, yo, this was for for you. You know, this was a 30-minute a conversation as a peek behind the curtain about you as an individual, not the person selling whatever the item is. And right. that's what I try to, to gain from this or, or try to illustrate and amplify from this stuff of you've seen them, you know, the person's work, you know what they do, but there is deeper than that. It's, it's deeper than, you know, what they provide. They are a person and let's get a little bit more about their story. And I will say 95% of the people are really chill and really get it. 5% there, they just, they're just not engaged in that same way. And I don't, like I said, I don't hold any grudges or anything, but it is kind of indicative of like how you view these business interactions and these, these things. Cause you know, I'll toot my own horn toot toot. I'm going to put that sound effect in later that, you know, people, in, in, it's a little influencing, but people who've, you know, been on this podcast, they'll hear the ads and so on. They'll, they'll hit me up. Wow, I really appreciate those ads. People have been showing up. I've, I sold a painting just from, you know, being in your pod. And I, that makes me feel good because, that's what I want to come out of these things. People to have more awareness of who's on there. I don't get, it's not, it's not about me. Right. Um, so let's, let's speak about some of your influences, right? But we're going to frame it this way. Speak okay. about maybe a few directors that you like films or TV programs that you're like, you know what, I'm going to take something from that. I'm going to, you know, that really, I like the way that they shot that. I like this man on the street notion, you know, hit me. Cause it may be some things I'm not even expecting. Like, yeah, man, when I was watching Atlanta, you know, I took a lot from right. that.
1: <laughs> right. So I don't know if you heard of Vice. Yeah. The network, that's basically like, that's, that's like a lot of the stuff that I see on Vice is kind of like, that's kind of, um, that's a big influence for me. Like I watch a lot of, watch a lot of just different, different stuff on YouTube. Like, and you know what? A lot of stuff isn't even stuff that I watch, stuff that I listen to. I listen mm-hmm. to a lot of reggae music because I'm from, uh, originally from Jamaica. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not, but I am Jamaican. My father is originally from Jamaica. So listen to a lot of different types of music. And I feel like for me, music has nothing to do with what I watch at all. Really. It's really the music. um, This gets me in that, um, in that creative space. So I'm just like, okay, because I've, you know, like a lot of the stuff that like, especially conscious, conscious reggae is a lot of what I listen to. So Bob Marley, Peter Tosh, Vernon Spear, stuff like that. Um, That's what I really, um, that's what I kind of, when I listen to that, I'm like, okay, so let's think about how this relates to people in my city, because it does yeah. it relates to people everywhere. So let's see how this relates to people in my city and how I can put that out there for other people to see. So, yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, it's it's one of those things of like why am I doing this? And what do I hope to to achieve with this? And it always takes you back, takes you back to the root of what you're doing. And some people just do shit. They're just creating. And then they don't realize like you may have lost your way along the path. And sometimes doing that check-in and having something that re-engages you. And it may be uh, a show that is, or it may be music. It may be something that is an influence. You're like, let me, let me casually go back. And I do that with podcasts all the time where, it's like yeah. oh let me check in it's like oh wow yeah yeah i remember this this is fun for them let me go back to yeah. having fun <laughs> yeah and that's another
1: thing too It's fun it's fun for me this is this is fun and i said and i told my mom I was like the minute this this is not fun for me anymore like yeah I know work is there is there's parts of work there's parts of your job that you know you don't like that you know you have to do because it's like it's life just yeah. like paying your bills is not fun but you gotta do it you know um, but once like the overall thing, once it's not fun for me anymore, I don't want to do it. I don't want it anymore. So
0: yeah. why well, I, well, I take up the space and that's, that's the way I kind of look at it. Like, you know, right. I've, at one point I was doing five different podcasts a week. I'm doing three right now. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it was just different things that, you know, either people I was working with or just the show kind of ran its course. And it was like, this isn't fun for me. What's the next thing? Or how can I make this fun again? What's the better version of this? Yeah. And, and that's what I kind of aim to do. Uh, let's see. Uh, I got two more questions. So uh, demystify, because I, I, I'm an audio guy. I've done some video stuff. I have a web series that's in development, all of this different stuff. Demystify filmmaking for us. What's something that you've learned that is not as hard as when you thought it was when you first started? Like something that you're like, you know what? This is a lot easier than when I started. Hmm.
1: That's a lot, something a lot, and this is actually the one question that kind of stumped me because there's one thing for me that's a lot harder for me to do Would, you than frame I it thought I would. Yeah. okay, so editing, I hate editing <laughs> if I could have it if I could hire an editor to do um I hate editing, my God, we're saying,, can't do it. I mean, at some point, yeah, I mean like for me the the what what I get out of filmmaking and what I get out of doing this is actually being they're talking to the people mm-hmm. is it yes the the actual camera stuff is cool and like you know the behind the scenes stuff is all cool but like actually sitting down and talking to the person and having a one on one conversation with them and you know just seeing how they think about the world and you know how they think about life and what their opinions are on things. Like that's what really that's how I really um that's more for me than the whole video and editing, but yeah, editing. I hate editing.
0: <laughs> I, um, I, I hired this. an editor, you know, for, for my stuff because uh, I had this conversation with a Jamaican friend of mine. So it's, it's full circle here. He was like, there we go. he was like, yo, how can you, um, he's like, he asked me, cause he was a data analyst and he was like, how many hours are you putting into getting one podcast out? And when I was, when I it was doing my other podcast and um, I was like, it might be six hours round trip. And he was just like, all right, which of these things can you offload that you don't feel like you, it takes away from it. And I was like, if I can find an editor that gets what I'm aiming for and I give him very specific instructions that will save me like two hours. And he was oh, like, yeah. you need to find an editor and started looking at it from that standpoint of like, what can I delegate? Cause as I said earlier, you get so invested in what your work is. It's like, how can yeah. I give part of this away and then do it in a very trustful way? Yeah. Uh, trust, yeah. Trust, trustful way. Uh, last question I have, and this is the one I told you about earlier. This is a pun. Huh? It's coming. You didn't get it. I didn't send it to you. Uh, I'm a big fan of puns. As i said, yep. what does miles Michelin want to accomplish in a good year? Got it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> In a good year, I want you. You like that? You like that? Uh huh. I know.
1: Uh, Uh, yeah, that's actually a good one. Okay, um, so in a good year, I want to continue making videos, continue doing what I'm doing right now, um, continue with the Instagram live interview series that I'm also doing, um. Cause due to COVID, I kind of had to stop doing some stuff. Like when COVID first hit, I had to kind of put the brakes on stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to put the brakes on stuff for a minute. Um, so I kind of was like, well, there's a Instagram live, which people can watch that. And I can interview people doing that. And that's actually started to get really popular a little bit. Like good. I'm like booked up for June. Like every Friday in June, people have hit me like, yeah, I want one like okay cool um so um i mean what is next for me probably going continuing school um doing these videos though and seeing where the wind blows i guess you know hey you gotta gotta
0: you got to continually progress. And, uh, and that's, and that's kind of what, what I'm getting. It's like wrap up school, get that degree, learn, learn, learn. And I, I would imagine the more hours that you put in doing, whether it be the, um, the IG live, whether it be just getting back out there once people are vaxxed out and things are safer and doing that, I, I think just, the more hours you have under your belt, the more you get from it, but it's a good project that you're working on. And I think as long as you're having fun and you're getting oh, yeah. something out of it, That's that's the thing to be proud of. Definitely. I'm very proud of what I
1: do. Um, And I feel like the people around me, you know, I feel like the people around me are proud of what I do as well. And that's something that is a big thing because for me, for the longest time, the people around me were not proud of what I've been doing and I'm not going to get into that because it's not really important. But something, now that I'm actually doing something that's positive and it's something that because for the longest time I was lost, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So when I figured out, I was like, okay, this is it. You know, it hit me one day. It was just like, this is it. Um, Well, actually what really hit me was there was a video that I did. It was called my block doc. It was a short film short about um, just the block that I live on and community within the block and whatever. So I was walking down the street. So I put the video out on my YouTube channel, like I do with all my other ones. And I guess it went a little crazy. At least for me it did. Um, uh, so I was walking down the street. I was just, I think I was just going for a walk, and there was this lady on her front porch, and she was like, Hey, I saw your video on YouTube. I really like it, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm like, uh looking around like who the fuck is she talking to yeah. there's only one person right here so obviously stopping me so i'm like uh, thank you that whole day man i was feeling myself <laughs> <laughs> i was feeling myself that whole day i'm like came in the house i'm like my somebody, nice. somebody said they saw my video they like it i'm going to hollywood oh my god <laughs> yeah
0: yeah i was like That's this great. is it yeah I, I will say um, recently, and, and that was kind of the last of the question, so we'll get into shameless plugs, but I at least want to throw this out there. It's a good feeling to um, to, to get recognized and, and people appreciate what you're doing and, and, and what you're trying to do. And, you know, just tell you that they, they like it and, and it's 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 getting the desired effect or what have you. Uh, I want to say since they we did this billboard or what have you in uh, like Station North. And it was me on mm-hmm. there for this podcast. And I've been recognized in the streets like the last couple of weeks, more than I've been in the previous years. So I have, you. it's like, oh, that's Rob Lee right there. That's, that's, you know, you're the podcast mm-hmm. guy. And I was like, I'm, <laughs> I'm six, four. And I'm, you know, it was like, I'm scary. I got coffee. Ah, you know? And yeah. it was like, yo, you can't roll up on me like that. <laughs> yeah.
1: Sometimes. And then sometimes you can't do that. Like there's been people that like just wrote up on me like yo, you do videos, like looking at me all funny. I'm like, yo, what? who is you? Who are you? Yeah, like what is you this? Know what? You know where you at? Like right. I gotta ask me, like, yo, you know where you at? Don't <laughs> just run up on me like that.
0: I mean, like, hey, if people I'm turn Christmas. real Hollywood too. People turn real Hollywood because I ran into a dude and I was like, hey man, and I was like, Oh shit, I'm doing it. I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh shameless plugs, real quick. Um, social media website, things like that. Where can he find you and check out more of your work?
1: Okay, so my YouTube channel for where I can, where you can see all my videos, uh, Light Skin Films, L-I-G-H-T-S-K-I-N, Space Films, F-I-L-M-S. Sorry, I had to think about (laughs) spelling for a minute. Um, And my Instagram and Twitter are going to be, I use a lot, I use Instagram a lot more than Twitter because I still don't know how to use Twitter. Twitter for like old people. Sorry, I told my mom, I was like, Twitter for like people 40 and up. Oh, no. No, it probably isn't. But for me, I don't know. People, that's for like 40 and up. That's that's too much for me. Uh, But my Instagram and Twitter is going to be at Miles Michelin, which is M-Y-L-E-S-M-I-C-H-E-L-I-N. And that's
0: kind of it. So there you have it, uh, folks. Thank you for coming on to this podcast. This has been cool. Thank you for having me. Um, So for Miles Michelin, I'm Rob Lee, saying that there's art in and around Baltimore. You just got to look for it.